you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys are looking good. Well, we know that. Amen. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your time with your family. We have now embarked into the holiday season, the Christmas season. How many love Christmas? Amen. I love, love, love Christmas. And listen, I want you to know that this Christmas, you can give the greatest gift of all. And guess what? It's not going to cost you a dime. It's not going to cost you a dime. On December 15th and December 18th, we'll be having our Christmas program here at Compassion Church. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to knock your socks off. You're going to have so much fun. And if you ain't in the Christmas spirit, it's going to put you in the Christmas spirit. All we're asking you to do is this. Invite some people. Just invite them. We've asked you, Pastor David talked about it. We have a, a card that is in your seat. And we just ask you to write down five names of individuals you know, friends, family, co-workers, neighbors, People that you know that don't go to church, that maybe don't know Jesus, that you're going to invite them to come and to be a part of our Christmas program, either on the 15th that night at 7, or then on the 18th. We've got uh, 10, 11.30, 1 p.m., 5, and then 6.30. No, is that right? Did I say that right? Did I? Yes, making sure. So we got multiple services. So if they say to you, well, I can't come at 10. Well, we got 1130. I can't come at 1130. Well, we got one. Well, I can't come at one. We got five. Well, I can't. We got six. 630. I still can't come. You come Thursday night. I still can't come. You're going to hell. If that don't get them, I don't know what will. But do me a favor, don't just ask them once. Keep asking them. Drive them crazy. Make a joke out of it. Make it fun. Bribe them. Say, I'll take you out to eat. I'll clean your house. I'll watch your kids. Uh, listen, I'll do whatever it takes just to get you to that service. And what we're going to pray, what we're going to believe is this. Because of your simple invite, someone's eternal destination might just be changed that day. You may not be able to tell them about Jesus. You may not be a good witness but I'm going to tell you, God has gifted me in the area of telling people about Jesus. And if you'll get them here, I'll tell them about Jesus. How does that sound? So put it on your calendar. Amen. You clap to that. And then also we'll be having our Christmas Eve service. We have three services that night. Make sure also you'll be here for our Christmas Eve. We're excited. We can't wait. Amen. You know, I love Christmas. One of my favorite times of the year about Christmas is on Christmas Day. Before we open the, kid, the, the gifts with the kids, we sit down around the Christmas tree, I open up the Bible, and I read the Christmas story. It's my favorite time of the year. Now, usually our kids get up early at six or seven in the morning. I'm about half asleep. I'm like, I'm not a morning person. 
It takes about five minutes to get my eyes to fix on the pages of the Bible. Finally, when it does, I'll begin to read the Christmas story about Caesar Augustus, Mary, and Joseph. I'll begin to tell the, the story about King Herod, and the story about the wise men and the shepherds. There's one part of the story that we talk about, but we just kind of briefly skim over it and go to the next part. And it's the story of the angels. Throughout the Christmas story, we find the angels, those that were there with the shepherds. In fact, one of my favorite songs for Christmas is Angels We Have Heard on High. Did you want me to sing it? No, you don't. For you who keep saying you want me to sing it, the devil's in you. I began the other day to I study to find out where that really came from. And reports say that in 120 AD that the Pope would ask them on Christmas to sing glory. And they sung it at Mass on Christmas Eve. That became known as the, the Angel's Hymn. And considered one of the earliest Christmas hymns of all times. The glory was believed to be inspired by the courses and angels we have heard on high. Some say that back in the medieval times that the shepherds in the fields would begin to shout and sing in excelsis Deo. And they would sing it to the top of their lungs to let the, let the shepherds on the other hills, on the other side of the mountains know that it was Christmas time. For some reason, that's one of my favorite songs, Angels. We have heard on high. That's all you get right there. That's all you get. So today, I, I wanted to share with you about the angels. In fact, I didn't want to just share with you about the angels today. I kind of want to share with you about one angel, but I'll tell his name. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. And I'm going to do something that I don't do much. Then I want you to hold your hand there. Then we'll go over also to, I mean, Matthew chapter 120, and then go over to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And here's what it says. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Now go over to Luke chapter 1 verse 26. It said in the sixth month Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray today that every heart, every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, I want to talk to you about angels, if that's okay. In fact, I'll end up spending most of my time talking today about one angel, and I'll get to his name in a few moments. But if we begin to look, the Bible tells us that angels are created beings by God. They're not like God. They haven't always been. They're just like us. They are created. But we were created to be on this earth. They were created to be in heaven. We find out through the word of God that, that first and foremost, angels were created to worship God. How many know that we were created to worship God also? For those who like to be in service and not worship God and you, you kind of sit there and praise and worship like, you're going to have a hard time in heaven because between the angels and between us, there's going to be a whole bunch of praising and worshiping going on. Amen? Yeah. See, I feel here on earth, I'm just getting my practice in. At the other campus today, when I walked up, they were playing some song, and I just began to dance. I was walking in stage, and I thought to myself, I'm a better prancer than prancer is. The Bible also tells us that in Hebrews 1.14, that the angels were to serve the people that God had saved. The angels were created to serve the people that God had saved. In Ephesians 6, 14, it tells us that they, were, they would go into spiritual battle and warfare for us. In fact, we find from one passage in the Bible that there was a prayer request that got lifted up to heaven one time. And when the prayer request got answered and was coming back down, a demon tried to fight it. And an angel of the Lord came and fought him to get the prayer request back down to the person that asked for it. So we many times have this view of angels being like, kind of like, That looked really bad, didn't it? Angels are fighters. They will tear you up. They can get a little gangster on you if they have to. Especially one by the name of Michael. Don't mess with him. He won't play. He don't play. Psalms 103, verse 20 says that they came to serve. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 says that they actually came to execute judgment. But here's the last one the Bible says that one of the major roles of the angels, in fact, the word angel actually means it, they actually came to deliver a message. The word angel means messenger. Messenger. Now, I'm going to kind of focus in today on, on one major angel. Uh, his name was Gabriel. The word Gabriel actually means God is my strength. We first find Gabriel in Daniel chapter 8, verse 16. Gabriel is first mentioned in the book of Daniel, and he's there to help Daniel, who's in captivity in Babylon. And, and, and he comes and visits him because Daniel had received a vision, didn't quite get the vision, and God sends Gabriel to come and help explain the vision. We'll also see Gabriel. He goes on in, in chapter, nine, or chapter 9 of Daniel and chapter 10 of Daniel. But we don't see Gabriel again until Luke in one of the four Gospels. Today, I want to talk to you about what we learn from the angel. In fact, let me say this. Not just what we learn from the Christmas angel, 
but what it means to us today as believers. In fact, look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11 with me. Luke chapter 1, verse 11 says this, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Now, this right here is Gabriel. We first see Gabriel when Elizabeth is about to find out she's going to have a baby. Zechariah, who is a high priest, is about to go to the temple to serve. And while he's there, all of a sudden an angel appears to him, Gabriel, who God says is to bring a message to him. And when he sees him, he begins to share something powerful. Now, the Bible says right here that as soon as he sees Gabriel, and it's understandable, I would do the same thing. The Bible says that he was startled and gripped with fear. Just think about it for a second. Mike's driving down the road on his way to work, just him by himself, listening to some country music, singing along, and all of a sudden he looks to the right, and there's an angel in the passenger seat. Ah! Mike would scream like a little girl, afraid of who was in the car, and then all of a sudden the angel began to talk to him. We'd probably see it in the newspaper today. A man wrecks in Wichita Falls. He has lost his mind, said that an angel appeared in his car. That's what he'd probably say. Now, but now go down to Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The angel of the Lord went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, both these words here, you look for fear, trouble. It actually means awe that both of them, Mary and Zechariah, were in awe at this miraculous miracle that had just taken place before their eyes. Think about it. You're somewhere and an angel appears to you. Man, that would be miraculous. It would be a miracle. I would probably pee in my pants. I would do something. Now, what could easily happen here is this. What could easily happen is, is they get caught more in the miracle than they do the message. In fact, that's point number one. I want you to write this down. The message is just as important as the miracle. See, many times in our life as men and women of God, we care more about the miracles. What is God going to do for me? How is God going to bless me? Uh, right now, me and my wife, we've started getting Christmas presents we've ordered. I love Amazon. I ain't got to go to no mall no more. And we've been, the problem is we both been ordering our presents for Amazon. They're both coming in, and we don't know what to do. And so we can't, you know, we don't have the kids in the house. So we popped them open. So the other day, I thought, this is mine. It's for Laurie. And I know it is. And I went and cut open the box and popped in. And guess what? It was for me. It was for me. So I said, honey, so sad. Too bad. You got to buy me another one now. <laughs> you know, this time of the year, it should be about giving. But let's be honest with you. Many times at Christmas, it's about receiving. What do I get? How many presents am I going to get? In fact, that's what I started doing. I went on Amazon and I went put in the little, what do you call it, in the cart? I put in the cart all the things that I wanted. I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And finally Amazon said about the back of things saying, you don't have that kind of money. Stop putting things in the box. And that's what my wife's been doing. 
I want this and I want this and I want this. So it's really about what we want. The problem though many times is the angel came down and the lesson that we learned from the angel is this. The message is just as important as the miracle. It's not about what you get from God. It's the words that God speaks in your life. God has spoken something over your life, over your future, over your tomorrow. God's word has spoken a message about what he wants to do in your life and how he wants to bless you and how he wants you to follow him. See, this Christmas season, make it not about receiving, make it about giving. At this, this, this season, would you make it not about the miracle? Yes, the miracle of Jesus Christ being born, it's a miracle. It's amazing. But at the end of the day, can I tell you the message is more important than the miracle? What was the message? That God the Father was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to this world. Why? The message was that through him coming to this world, our sins would be forgiven. We would receive grace and kindness. Amen. Yes, it's miraculous, the birth of Jesus Christ. The story is amazing. I can tell it over and over and over again about the angels coming down. I can tell the miraculous story. But if I ever miss the message of the story, I'm missing out. On the way today to the other campus to preach, I was listening to Lauren Daigle. Is that her name? And she was singing the song, if you never move another mountain, if you never part the sea, I will still serve you. If God never does another blessing in your life, if God never gives you another miracle, if God never does anything great and mighty, but yet he's just got a relationship with you, can I tell you that's enough? The message is more than enough that God loves you. In fact, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that the Word was with God and the Word is God. Jesus Christ is the Word. He is the message. Amen. I'm preaching way better than your amen. Now, let me say this. I just want to help you out real quick. Most likely, there's probably a 99.99% chance that you're not going to receive the message from an angel. You got all quiet. In fact, if you come and tell me, Pastor, I received a message from the angel, I'm probably going to grin at you and slowly walk away because I probably think you've lost your mind. You're Lulu, Lulu, cray-cray, okay? See, I say this because I want you to hear me. God's message most of the time won't come from an angel. It'll come from you reading his word. God's message won't come from an angel. It'll come from someone praying with you at the altars. God's message won't come from an angel, but it'll come from you spending time on your knees, time in praise, and that way God can begin to reveal to you and speak to you and say something to you. We just gotta listen. What is the message that this Christmas season God is trying to speak into your life? What is the other lesson that we learn from the Christmas angel? Number two, write this down. His message is bigger than our impossibilities. His message is bigger than our possibilities. Go to Luke chapter one, verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? He's talking to an angel. I think if an angel appeared to me, am I, would y'all believe what he said? I would. I mean, you just appeared. But listen to what Zechariah said. He said, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. Here shows you how stupid this man is. And my wife is well along in years. Uh-uh, you just don't say stuff like that. You just don't say stuff like that. Maybe my wife is not maybe as young as she used to be. In other words, what he said is my wife is old as dirt. 
I can tell you right now, she wasn't near him when he said that because no man is that dumb. Now, him and Elizabeth are well beyond what we would call childbearing years. In, in the Hebrew tradition, that means they would have had least, least to have been over 60 years old, most likely closer to 70 years old. So let's understand for a moment. Let's not be so judgmental of Zechariah. I get it. The angel comes down, says to Zechariah, you're close to 70 years old. Guess what? You and your wife haven't had children your whole life, but you're going to have a child. I probably would have laughed a little bit myself. I probably would have doubted myself. I would have thought this is an impossibility. So we're so quick to, to judge Zachariah, but understanding that yet they had never been able to have kids. In fact, I'll never forget me and Laura years ago, we were pastoring in, in Oklahoma, and, and we had a speaker come in one day. We had a revival, and we had a couple that was at the front of the altar getting prayed for by the speaker, and the speaker all of a sudden looks at them with mic in hand and says to them, you're going to have a baby. Both me and Laura, our hearts sank. We're like, oh, no. We knew this couple, this husband and wife, could not have kids. In fact, they had tried. They'd spent about twelve dollars to $15,000 trying to have children. They just couldn't have children. And I'll never forget when, when the speaker said that my heart sang out of the, oh, no. And, and, and the guy, the, the husband said, can I, can I have the mic? And I thought, oh, my God. He's going to call the speaker out as a false prophet. He gets the mic. He gets on stage. I am shaking in my boots what he's about to say. And he says, y'all are not going to believe this. We just found out this morning. We had not told anybody. We went to the doctor. Me and my wife are pregnant. That's probably how Zechariah felt. But listen, God's bigger than your impossibilities. God's bigger than what you thought couldn't happen. God's bigger than that financial bill you gotta pay. God's bigger than that, 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 that health problem you're going through. God's bigger. Listen to this. In Luke chapter one, verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Mary's got it even a little bit tougher. Mary goes, well, I got a question. Um, my mommy and daddy taught me the birds and the bees. And the bird I know didn't get with the bee. So I don't quite know how this is going to happen. Do you see how God loves to overcome impossibilities? One guy beyond childbearing years, it seems impossible. One lady is impossible because she's never been with a man. She's a virgin, and she's like, I, uh, God question, how? I mean, you gotta, one's got to be with two, and two equals three, but one hadn't been with two, so I don't see how three's coming out. But how many of you know that God is bigger than our impossibilities? See, the message of God is this. Don't you ever doubt what God can do. Don't you ever doubt God's word spoken over your life. I don't care what presents itself up against you. I don't care what impossibilities are standing and knocking at your door. I'm telling you the message of God is this, that God is bigger than your impossibilities. Number three. Write it down. Never minimize your response to the message. Never 
minimize your response to the message. Luke 1, 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. In other words, he's given his resume. Zacharias just said it's impossible. It can't be done. I'm old. My wife's old. We've never had children. It can't be done. And this is what he says. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words. Which will, which will, which will come true at their point of time. Some scholars and theologians think that at this moment, Zechariah is being punished for doubting, not believing. That's not what Gabriel's doing. Have you ever been with somebody and they're talking about somebody else and that someone else walks in the room and you're like, My grandmother, as she got older, lost her filter. Like we'd be at restaurants and the waiter's bad. I'm going to tell you what, he's the worst waiter I've ever seen him. Grandmama, he's right behind. I don't care. You're the worst waiter. That was my grandma. She just lost her complete filter. And you're sitting there going, shh. That's what the angel does to Zechariah. He's like, hush, stop it. Don't you do it. I have just spoken a, a word, a prophetic word over your life. And don't you mess it up. Don't you ruin it. Don't you make it not happen. Zechariah, ugh. There are some times in my life I wish I had that for some of y'all. I'm, I'm honest. You'll come to me negative. It ain't going to happen. I just want to have a mole control and go, pulse, mute. He says, Zachariah, you're not going to do it. For your benefit and for your good, Zachariah, I'm going to shut your mouth. Because I'm not going to let you mess up that John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, I'm not going to let you mess Your wife's done the right thing. Your wife's been good. I'm not going to let you mess it up. See, I believe there are some times in your life you don't understand God is shutting your mouth. See, your response to what God says matters. Listen to what Mary says. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, I am a virgin. Now, I know what some of you are asking. Well, Mary doubted too. Mary didn't doubt. What do you mean, Pastor? See, Mary knew the impossibility. Mary then became curious of how God was going to make it happen. See, Mary goes, okay, wait a minute. Let me get a pen and a pencil. Now tell me, I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. But you're telling me, and I'm not going to be with a man until I get pregnant. Until I get pregnant, yeah. Until I get married. I could say something, I'm not. <laughs> now tell me, God, how you're going to do it. Let me tell you what Mary was doing. She said, God, I just want to see how it's going to unfold. 
You know what, God? I know you're going to do it. And I just want to start writing down the steps that when it does it, I go, yep, 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 yep. There it is. See, your response to God's message is more important than you can ever understand. The message that God speaks over your life, don't you ever doubt it. All you need to say is, God, tell me how. I'm ready. See, that's really what Mary was saying to the angel. Just tell me how I'm going to do it. Well, Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and impregnate you. And you are going to give birth to the Son of God. Done deal. All right, let's pray about it. That was it. See, can I say to you today, the message of God is more important than you can ever imagine. But your response, your yes, I believe it. You're going to do it. This Christmas season, the greatest gift that I can give you is this. Believe the message and the word of God about your life. Will you stand with me? If you notice something, I never made this sermon so much about the angel. In fact, the Bible tells us to be careful, don't worship angels. Because it really never was about the angel. It was always about the message. What's the old adage? Don't kill the messenger. Well, don't worship the messenger either. Just worship the message. Give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Lord of lords, the word that he's spoken over your life. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. How many would say today, God spoke a promise, a word over my life years ago, and I still haven't seen it come to pass. I've doubted. There's been times I didn't know if it ever would happen. But I want to trust and believe and have faith that God's going to make it happen in my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I speak over every man and woman today that they would still hold on to the message. That, Lord, they would never doubt, never fret, Lord, it will come in its timing. It will happen when it's supposed to happen. And until that day that it does, they will have faith, they will trust, they will believe, and they will continue to speak that the message will happen in their lives. Here's the second question. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is he the Lord of your life? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't, then today's a day of salvation. Today's a day that you give your heart and life to Christ. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he's the son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, and with your mouth, confess him Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. With no one looking around, just you, me, and the Lord, if you would like to give your heart and life to Christ today, right where you are, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Amen. I've had two, three raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the three that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. It's three new names that were written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you, to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise.
We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Thank you.